0: What's going on Eagles Nation? Welcome to the latest Birds Banter podcast presented to you by PHL Sports Nation and sponsored by Anchor. My name is Matt Lupi. I'm here with Logan Banker and Sean McMenamin today and Eagles are coming off of a great win against the New York Jets. They won 31 to 6 at Lincoln Financial Field. Um, Really a lot of the team was involved. Uh, They scored four total touchdowns. Two were on offense. Jordan Howard with a rushing touchdown and Zach Ertz with a receiving touchdown. And then we had the two huge defensive touchdowns. First came from Nate Gary with a pick six. And then later on, Orlando Skandrick had a strip sack, um, just basically took the ball out of Luke Falk's hands and ran it in for a touchdown. Um, so the defense obviously came to play. Uh, the Eagles dominated. They had 10 total sacks, three from Brandon Graham. Josh Sweat had his first. Orlando Skandrick with two. Vinny Curry, Derek Barnett, Hassan Ridgeway, and Deshaun Hall all got their... Uh, you know, share of the Jets offense and getting those sacks. And that's just an incredible number. The Eagles were always getting pressure on the Jets offense and really good to see. And it was a near shutout. The Eagles almost walked away um, with the Jets scoring zero points. But um, that came to an end when Corey Clement muffed a punt towards the end and the Jets just ran in for a simple touchdown. So um, really not. Not uh, bad to see because the Eagles are doing so well, but obviously something to look out for in the future if they're going to put Corey Clement back there as a punt returner with uh, Darren Sproles out for a couple of weeks now. So um, all in all, great game by the Eagles, but there's one hot topic that we want to discuss first, and that's uh, regarding Carson Wentz and his play of these past two weeks. Obviously last week in Green Bay he put on a great show. Uh, He only had 160 passing yards against Green Bay, but did have those three touchdown passes to make up for it, and we were saying last week that if Wentz can go into Green Bay and put up that low of passing yards and still win, that's great to see. But um, honestly, this week it brings a little bit of trouble because he only put up 189 passing yards against the Jets. And although he had a great game, if you watched it, you know he had that athletic ducking play where he ducks out of a sack and then immediately finds the receiver for a completion. I mean, not many quarterbacks can do that in this league to keep that awareness and then still make a perfect throw. And he had the sti- sidestep escape very early in the game. He juke two defenders right in a row and um, got out of the pressure. So really you always see his athleticism um, on showcase when he's playing for the Eagles, but he did have a couple of bad plays, a couple of bad throws and his third down efficiency wasn't um, up to par later in the game. He started off really well in third down, but it kind of faded away as we went on and these struggles, a lot of fans want to attribute it to Deshaun Jackson, and rightfully so. Deshaun Jackson opens this offense up a lot and gives so much opportunity. But at the same time, um, play, fans want to compare Carson Wentz to guys like Patrick Mahomes. And the problem I have with that is Patrick Mahomes is out here without Tyreek Hill. He was at, without Sammy Watkins last night, and he's still put on great performances, making great throws. His wide receivers are stepping up. I don't know if it's just the Eagles wide receivers with these drops or if it's the game plan, I'm not really sure what's going on, but Carson Wentz needs to motivate these wide receivers because he's making the plays. He needs it, them them to finish. He needs to put the ball in the right place and keep this going because this was supposed to be a blowout, which it was, but I don't think the offense looked as good as, as it should have been.
1: Yeah, I definitely think it's fair to um, have some of those concerns because you would like to see Carson Wentz having these big games, especially coming off, getting that big extent, uh, extension. But, I think for me, if you're going to compare him to Patrick Mahomes, I think the biggest thing is the running game. So if you, for the Chiefs last night, they ran the ball, like, I don't know the exact number, around like 10 to 15 times, which is hardly anything, where the Eagles the last two weeks have been pretty run heavy. So you're seeing the running game being a lot more active, where Carson Wentz doesn't really have to do as much throwing the ball. Obviously, you want to see him do it more, but you have Jordan Howard playing very well. Miles Sanders is kind of more of a factor in the passing game than, than the running game, but the running game has really taken the lead for the Eagles in the offense might have to change in weeks forward like against Minnesota. They have a great run defense. But, um, yeah, I think just the running game and the absence of Deshaun Jackson, it's kind of hard to really press Carson Wentz and having all these passing yards because the game plan just isn't designed for him right now to really do that.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think um, Wentz is maybe being pressured a little more than the coaching staff had initially thought heading into the season with his dominant offensive line. And although they had some struggles earlier in the, in the season, they looked much better the past two games. And another thing um, that he had to look out for on the offensive line is the penalties, the false starts, holding. That's definitely uh, led to um, failing of uh, momentum on the offense, and Carson Wentz isn't really able to get into a rhythm that he was probably planning to, especially in the, ga- the Jets game yesterday as they were giving – given plenty of um, great field position uh, on their drives. And um, I, I think a uh, poor snap from Jason Kelsey on that one drive when we were in the red zone. And the uh, ability of Wentz to pick that ball up and get rid of it really saved the drive. And we ended up scoring a touchdown, which was huge. And um, his, he just has incredible es- escapability. Uh, but the absence of Alshon for a week and Deshaun, obviously, as we touched on, definitely has a factor in the low number of yards. He's had and um, rushing the ball with Jordan Howard as he got 13 carries yesterday and Miles Sanders had nine. I think that's also had to uh, do with the fact that he has a low number of yards. And um, it's it's just uh, something you don't really like to see. But I think Wentz is able – he'll be able to get a lot more yards moving forward while with Deshaun coming back, hopefully.
0: Yeah, the thing that I have the most trouble wrapping my head around between these two games, between the Packers and then the Jets, is with the Packers – you got Jordan Howard um, getting over 100 yards total between the passing and receiving game, or um, rushing and receiving game, and then three total touchdowns. He dominated that entire game, whereas last week, he still had a good game. Miles Sanders had a few good plays, too, but it's not like the running game was dominating the entire game. It's not like the Eagles were hot on the ground and they just rode that all the way through. They still wanted to pass the ball. They still tried to get things going, and it just wasn't going, and... Doug Peterson pointed that out today and yesterday. He just said they didn't play as well as they expected to. And I know the Eagles ended up winning by 25 points and, you know, they were up the entire game. But at the same time, in 2017, when they were the best team in the league, you know, you wouldn't see stuff like this. They would, you know, get huge leads on teams, but they would keep adding it on and on. And Carson Wentz wasn't afraid to keep throwing the ball and making good plays. So obviously. I love Wentz, and I I appreciate everything that he's done this year. I think he's still one of the top QBs in the league. But they need to make sure that they're putting the team the best um, chances to succeed. I mean, we saw obviously the Jets aren't as good of a, of a matchup, but um, yesterday we saw the Cowboys roar back against the Packers. You know, leads in the NFL can go away so quickly. So they need to keep going. Just because you're up doesn't mean you could slack off, be lazy, have bad throws, had have, have drops. So. Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz, they need to both step up because it's going to get tough soon and you're not going to have you know a 20-point lead all the way through a game.
1: Yeah, Matt, you mentioned the 2017 season. If you look at just the personnel compared from now to then, really the only difference is, um, obviously the running backs are different, but it's a similar dynamic. The only difference is you replace um, Torrey Smith, that wide receiver, pretty much with Dallas Goddard at tight end. And uh, For me, I think that's kind of an uh, example or an explanation for the symptom of why this is happening. I think the Eagles are very tight end dependent on the fact that they really want to get Dallas Goddard involved but when you're using two tight ends so often it kind of hurts the ability to stretch the field as much because teams know you're probably going to keep it within the box you're probably not going to be taking too many shots they only had two deep passes last game so I think just the fact that they're using tight ends so much which for me it's fine because running game's been effective and they are scoring points but that is definitely the explanation uh, maybe why the offense is sputtering because they may not be as ready to use two tight ends, and um, just the fact that they're not getting as many passing yards.
2: Yeah, and as we saw uh, in the 2017 season, as you guys alluded to, Wentz, in the MVP caliber year, kind of like the way he started this season, although the yards haven't been up there. Uh, moving forward into the season, especially against the top teams, he's going to be ha- uh, he's gonna have to throw for a lot more yards. As we've, we saw, Dak Prescott had a, over 300 yesterday, but his interceptions cost him but back to Wentz, um, he'll really need to get that ball deep to his receivers, make him um, allow them to make some uh, big uh, yards after the tackle, and really uh, he'll have to be able to um, escape escape from that pressure. Hopefully the offensive line can give him more time in that pocket so he can be able to make the m- uh, most precise throws in accurate downfield.
0: Yeah, the Eagles got lucky this week with their matchup against the Jets. I mean, Even if Sam Darnold was playing, they weren't going to match up well against the Eagles, so they got lucky with the matchup and with the quarterback they were facing. So it was a great week to win big, but at the same time, you're not playing Luke Falk every single week. Soon you're going to be seeing Kirk Cousins. I mean, he's not the best, but he's still an above-average quarterback, in my opinion. you got Kirk Cousins. you got Dak Prescott, who's been playing pretty well despite the past interceptions. Um, Tom Brady, you know, players like that where you're not going to get— two defensive touchdowns every single game and I have a tough time believing that without those two defensive touchdowns the offense was going to make up for that I mean they just didn't look as good as they should have and they seemed like they just let up a little bit but they didn't really have the motivation to convince me that if Nate Gary and Orlando Skandrick never scored those touchdowns that they would come back and Wentz would throw two more yeah it's
1: definitely a great point and heading into the stretch there this is going to be these next next six games these are their this is a toughest stretch of the season. They're going to be at Minnesota, at Dallas, at Buffalo, and then they'll come home to face Chicago, New England, and then Seattle. So, I mean, those are all over 500 teams, so it's going to be really tough. And you're absolutely right about that, Matt. They're not going to have um, as many defensive scores. Maybe they will if the defense steps up, but I kind of have a hard time believing that. And um, just looking towards the Minnesota matchup, you're probably not even going to have Deshaun Jackson back. He's... Pr- at least can miss that game maybe even miss miss the ballast game so they're gonna have to figure out something in the passing game um, but it's gonna be tough but I think it, it it'll work out just because of Doug Peterson Carson once but still some of these issues are somewhat troubling and they definitely have to figure it out
2: yeah the the offense will definitely need to step up show that they're um, a high scoring offense in this league against some of the top teams and with the defense playing phenomenally phenomenally this past week that's not going to happen every week especially against these top teams and a tough road schedule like you just said Logan so moving forward uh, Doug Peterson will have to really develop a a great strategy a game plan to defeat these teams all while um, allowing Wentz to do what he can do best and giving it to his top receivers
0: yeah definitely some things to work on they're gonna have to you know touch on that watch some film this week and prepare for the next matchup against the Vikings when they're they'll be going to Minnesota but um, one thing that's been positive on this offense is Jordan Howard, his usage and his play in the games that he's been in. Um, so Sean's going to touch on how his value is to the team.
2: Yeah, so it's a few weeks ago on Thursday Night Football, Jordan Howard really came alive, showed, that, showed why Howie Rosen brought him in this year, and Doug Pearson really gave, uh, gave him the ball in that game, stuck with him, stuck with the game plan, and as it showed, he had four total touchdowns, including one uh, receiving touchdown and in the past two games. He uh, he totaled 149 yards with 28 total attempts on the ground, and he's averaging 4.8 yards per carry right now. So a true uh, power running back, which the Eagles have been really missing since LeGarrette Blount on that Super Bowl-winning team. And personally, I think he should be used more in short-down situations on third and one and fourth and one. And as we saw yesterday, Doug Peterson decided – to call a pass, I believe, with Wentz on third and one, and then the sneak on fourth and one. But unfortunately, he didn't get it, and many fans on Twitter were saying, why didn't you give it to Jordan Howard? That is the reason why you got him this offseason. He can get you those tough yard uh, gains and really um, have some yards after the contact, as he's shown that in his early successful career. He's a really talented back, and on uh, WIP earlier this morning, Doug Peterson was on the phone with uh, Cataldi, and he said... I'm tempted to give him more carries. I think that's something after that, these last couple of games I'm watching. He's definitely a great addition to our team. we got a nice mix of guys in the backfield. But when you talk about the run game, you love to be able to give Jordan the bulk of the carries and mix miles in. And I think moving forward, we're really going to have to give him the ball more, especially in the red zone, because he can punch that ball in and third and goal, you name it, if we have to go for it in fourth and goal, and really utilize his talents as the running back on this Eagles team.
0: Yeah, I agree. Jordan Howard is playing very well, but I think the usage is perfect right now. The, they should keep it like this unless one player is you know, really pulling uh, their case for a game, whether it be Howard or Sanders. But last game, they both had 29 snaps, so that's a perfect split. I think that's exactly how it should be. Howard did have more um, usage in the running game, but you know that's just because he was playing better. Sanders had a little bit better success in the receiving game, so... Um, you know, you just always have to find that balance between the two talented backs. And I do believe that there's going to be a time in the season where Sanders is really going to break out. You know, he's been playing decent, but has the fumbling issues. But I mean, he still has a few great plays to um, look out for when defenses are preparing for him. So once he finally gets that breakout game, they can, you know, rely on him a little bit more. But for right now, they got a two headed monster that they need to balance and keep going all throughout the game to keep these guys fresh. But one thing I want to point out is Jordan Howard is in a contract year, so that is a little bit more incentive to balance these running backs out. If they're giving him you know, 80% of the carries and he's you know running away with a bunch of yards, a bunch of touchdowns, then it's going to be much more unlikely for the Eagles to resign him because other teams are going to give him a lot more money than the Eagles can afford. So if they keep his usage down but his production high, and other teams can't really see how well he's been playing and um, his impact on the team, then they could get him at a bargain next year. So I really like the balance right now. And that's extra incentives, you know, keep him on the bench a few more times because you have miles Sanders coming off. So it's not like you're losing that much out of it.
1: Yeah. You kind of just took the words out of my mouth. That was actually one of the first things I thought of with Jordan Howard is the fact that maybe an extension could come. Maybe it won't. And it's a great point too, because with the level he's playing at, he's, You have to think over the last three years, only him, Todd Gurley, and um, Ezekiel Elliott have uh, averaged a 1,000 scrimmage yards um, per season. So he's definitely one of those guys that you can depend upon. And um, in terms of Miles Sanders, I don't think – with Doug Peterson, I don't think he'll ever just use one running back. So it's a very fine line between Jordan Howard playing well enough to get an extension from the Eagles and then maybe him playing too well to um, price out of what the Eagles would be willing to give him. But that's kind of more of a big picture, I think, for now – um, It definitely is a nice um, complementary with having Howard and Sanders playing uh, equal amount of snaps. And it, it's honestly working very well because Sanders has shown the ability to be great in the passing game while Howard is making a very good impact on the running game. So I like it how it is right now. Um, Howard will probably get more touches on the ground going forward just because Doug Peterson has hinted at that. But from the Jets game, at least, I really like the running back group.
2: Yeah, and as we saw in yesterday's game, you can really see Miles Sanders' speed as he can um, take kind of the top off the defense if he has to, as a receiver, as once hit him in stride on that wheel rail. And if that last defender wasn't there, I think he could have taken it all the way. So that one-two combination of Sanders and Howard is phenomenal. I think we should just keep it going, like you guys said, and hopefully uh, it can come to fruition. And just like the 2017 season, it could be a J.J. legarrette Blunt type uh, duo where they just um, – Punish the opposing defenders and really take advantage of their secondaries.
0: Yeah, Sean, you've mentioned like Eric Blunt twice now, and I think that's really important. The Eagles coaching staff really needs to look at maybe even look at the film of Blunt in twenty seventeen, see where they used him well, because honestly, that would have been um so valuable to have around. Like giving Jordan Howard the ball late in the game against the Jets, pounding the run, you know, getting so many yards because that's what Blunt thrived doing when everybody on the team was tired, the offense was I mean, the Eagles offense only put up two touchdowns, but when you have games where the offense is putting up four or five touchdowns and they're exhausted from driving all the way up and down the field, and then you bring a guy like uh, Jordan Howard off the bench from not being used as much because you're passing the ball a lot, you bring him off, he's fresh, and he's just going to terrorize the defense. And if you have you know, just a one or two score lead, he can extend it, take time off the clock. And really give you that secured win, rather than bring it out to the last minute, which the Eagles, you know, love to do occasionally. So, you know, keep him fresh throughout the game. Use that balance, and then once you're in situations where you need some um, tough earned runs, or you need to extend a lead, put Jordan Howard in there and let him use his yards after contact and his, um, you know, tough running ability to break tackles, extend the plays, get first downs. Because that's what you need. You need the the time to tick down. And get the Eagles some um, hard or hard earned wins.
1: Yeah, for sure. You mentioned uh, Legarrette Blunt, both of you guys, and um, I think for me, one thing with Jordan Howard, I think he's almost better than Blunt because of not only is he a punishing runner, but he's shown he's pretty useful in the passing game. He has at least a few catches on the season. Had uh, that touchdown in the Packers game, and I, I think he doesn't get enough credit for his ability in the passing game. He can, he can be that guy that you use down the stretch to finish off a defense, but he can also be a guy that used to grow out a lead um obviously malice sanders like i touched on uh, a little bit before um he has a role in the passing game but with jordan howard he can do it just as much so there's really a lot that he brings to the table and um a lot of different ways that the eagles can use him and get creative with so i think they're kind of just scratching the surface of what jordan howard can do so he's he's definitely one of those guys that i do believe they need to use him down the stretch to um punish the defense when they're tired but i also think they should um give maybe more opportunities in the passing game because the defense is not going to look at Jordan Howard as one of the top threats. They're going to look at Alshon. They're going to look at Zach Ertz. So that's another way that they could um, try to get the offense going and get um, Jordan Howard more touches.
2: Yeah. And since he's such a hot topic, this podcast, I'm going to mention LeGarrette Blount one more time um, in the <laughs> 2017 season, week four against the LA Chargers. If you guys remember, he ripped off that 68 yard run on our last drive of the game where we just needed to um, run down the clock and, put the finishing touches on that game, and he really just broke plenty of tackles, uh, just punished the defenders, and Jordan Howard kind of reminds me of him. I think he, he has the capability to do that moving forward, and if Wentz is able to get in a roll, get in rhythm with them, maybe run some RPOs, hopefully score more touchdowns on the offensive side with the great field position they've been getting these past few games. Hopefully we the offense can be rolling and firing on all cylinders as the season goes along.
0: Yeah, definitely. The running back group for the Eagles is almost one of the best in the league and they really need to, you know, fulfill their potential in the first coming weeks. And another positional group that is in a similar situation is the defensive line group. You know, they haven't really been that consistent the first couple of weeks, but really, really played well against the Jets. uh, 10 total sacks against the Jets, which was amazing. And that was led by Brandon Graham. So Logan's going to touch a little bit on him and how important it is to have him back this season
1: yeah with brandon graham he was um one of those guys where there is a legitimate chance that he was going to be out after last season he was in a contract year and it just really sounded like there was very little chance he would come back uh he had only 39 tackles four sacks both his low since 2013 and um he was also coming off an ankle surgery 31 years old so there's really complete incentive to not only move on from brandon graham but explore younger options and instead of doing that they re-signed brandon graham to a three-year deal of 40 million dollars and um so far this year, um, he's already on pace to have more tackles than what he had last season. He's already got three sacks, so almost surpassing what he had last season. Of course, all those sacks did come yesterday. But still, um, he is the highest graded pass rusher for the Eagles. So he's really having a great season so far. Um, he's really proving that the Eagles made the right decision bring him back. Because um, like I said, they really could have gone in another direction. Maybe, maybe even get a cheaper guy than him. So they really entrusted him um, at defensive end. And there are a lot of guys that popped up like Jadavion Clowney in a trade, and people would say, oh, you can't really trust Brandon Graham, but at least so far, he's really showing that. um, He's the same guy as before, and um, it's great to see because you know how much he's been through. People said, oh, we should get cut after um, the first few seasons of his career, so he's really come on and um, just really proven that the Eagles made the right choice, uh, keeping him.
2: Yeah, Brandon Graham, he was an absolute beast yesterday, getting in the backfield, uh, getting three sacks, a career high, really punishing uh, that the quarterback, Luke Falk, getting, um, making those tackles in the backfield. and uh, I think he's really playing with confidence at this point in the season, despite uh, the injury that he had to recover from. He's, he's really um, back to full strength and form, I believe. And uh, a, an interesting stat to take away from yesterday's game was that the Eagles became the first team in NFL history to record at least 10 sacks and two defensive touchdowns in a single game. So that really shows the dominance that they had yesterday, getting to the quarterback, bringing pressure, the secondary ma- – uh, played well with um, with the help of that uh, defensive line, which needed to play much better, as we mentioned in the previous podcast. And if they can do this moving forward, they're going to be a scary defense. And uh, they also, Brandon Graham also had six total tackles, and the defense as a whole only allowed 10 first downs to the Jets. So that's a phenomenal stat, uh, something that you can um, put on your bulletin board as motivation moving forward. I know it's a, a weak Jets team at this point in the season, But moving forward, it'll really give him the confidence to go out there and ball out.
0: Brandon Graham's definitely the best defensive line player on this team right now. He's playing very well, especially when the games that he didn't have sacks in, he was still getting a lot of pressure, a lot of tackles. So really good stuff out of Brandon Graham because, honestly, I was a little bit concerned about um, him being the top defensive end on the team. Obviously, I loved having him come back for everything that he's done for the Eagles. But for that price tag and – this late in his career I was kind of concerned about having him and just him and Derek Barnett being the clear-cut defensive ends and not the depth that they've had in years past so I really didn't expect Brandon Graham to be playing this well but he's living up to all the expectations and over the offseason when he signed that extension a lot of people you know thought that it was a little bit too expensive or that money could be spent um, better on other players Trey Flowers came Up in some uh, rumors, you know, Frank Clark had a huge deal signed. So the Eagles could have put a little bit more money into a better player and have that, you know, solid insurance on the defensive end position. But they decided to go with Brandon Graham, and it's really been paying off. And his production is really good on the inside of the defensive line. That's something I want to point out because two of his sacks last last game came from the interior offensive line. And that's so important, especially now with the Eagles losing – Malik Jackson for the year and Tim Jernigan for a few more weeks coming up they need pressure on the interior uh, offensive line Fletcher Cox isn't playing to his full potential yet but he's you know still going to be getting those double teams because he's Fletcher Cox but if you put Brandon Graham in there with him he's going to thrive and you know it's a night or a matchup nightmare for offensive linemen
1: yeah when Brandon Graham had that strip sack in the Super Bowl he actually lined up on the inside that was why he was able to exploit that matchup so that's definitely another great point the fact that he's such a versatile player he can play on the outside he can play on the inside and he's always able to make a play and um a lot of people kind of not freaked out but got a little worried about the pass rush the first few games but if you really look at it they got really close to a ton of sacks they just didn't really finish any of them so it was kind of like last game was it just all clicked at once and they all finally figured out how to not only keep that pass rush going but actually get the quarterback to the ground and um brandon graham was the leading guy in that um whole situation so um between him and the entire group was definitely something great to see and um they will have to keep that up going forward. We touched upon that really tough schedule. So um it's definitely great to see um both the pass rush um stepping up and Brandon Graham having such a great start in his new contract because when you have a guy committed to that much money uh considering you have a quarterback signed to so much money, you really need guys like that to pan out. So it's definitely great to see that um Brandon Graham's uh still working out for the Eagles.
2: Yeah, you just love to see that he's playing phenomenally this year. Um, proving uh, his case that why the Eagles brought him back. He's been thriving under this defense. And Jim Schwartz, I think he's had some great game plans. I just wanted to talk about Brandon Graham uh, in the locker room. I think he's just a down-to-earth guy. You know, he always has fun with um, Derek Gunn, especially NBC Sports Philadelphia guy. I think he conveys that, um, I guess, happiness in a way and confidence to the other defenders in the locker room, which can really help this team moving forward. And as we've seen in the past few years, the Eagles have been known to be a great locker room team. Doug Peterson's a player's coach, which is another uh, good thing to see. So Brandon Graham, uh, moving forward, I think he'll just thrive under this defense and his and his first year and under this contract. So it's just something great to see.
0: Yeah, he's definitely a very vocal leader on this team, and he's one of the players like – um him, Fletcher Cox, Malcolm Jenkins, you know, they have fun when they want to have fun, but when they need to get down to business, they're not afraid to. They're very vocal about um, what they want out of this team, what they need to do to win games. and that's the excellent type of leader to have because um, you want to be able to be in an environment that's enjoyable. You don't want to you know always be, you know, stick to the business plan and always trying to find ways to improve. you know if you're playing well, have fun with it, keep it going, but, if you're struggling, you need to increase your production like the defensive line needed to do. You know, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, they're the guys that are going to be vocal about it. And then they're going to make sure that the Eagles are back in that position so they can have fun again.
1: Yeah, when uh, Brandon Graham was signed to that extension, both um, Doug Peterson and Harry Roseman talked about uh, Brandon Graham's role in the locker room. They said multiple times how whenever Brandon Graham's in the room, he always puts a smile on everyone's face. And I'm um, just really one of those guys that can make a tough situation seem not as bad as- Bad as it is, so um, he's just really uh, one of those guys that when you have him in the locker room, it's just so hard to feel like um, anything's finished because you feel like there's always a chance. And when Brandon Graham walks in the room, not only does he make you feel good about things, but he also goes on the field and um, puts his money where where his mouth is and just really makes plays happen. So, both locker room on the field, great decision to uh, keep him. And as I said multiple times now, it's really paying off now. So um, the Eagles' pass rush is always such a big key to their success, and with Brandon Graham still in the room. That's always going to be a part of their game.
2: Yeah, definitely. I just wanted to touch on a story that happened last year, kind of heartwarming. After the Eagles uh, fell to the Saints in the playoff game, he went up to every single media member of the Eagles and thanked them for their support and all the work they did and covering the team that year. So it just goes to show that he's a great guy. Uh, As you guys guys said, he has fun when they can, and they're playing well successfully. So uh, I think he's just conveys that to the other guys, which is awesome to see.
0: Yeah, definitely. And part of that was because uh, a lot of people didn't think he was going to be back with the team. So it's really good to see that even though, you know, they're ending the season on a loss and he might not be with the Eagles anymore, he's still, you know, going back to his roots and appreciating what everybody has done for him to have that success that he has. And um, definitely great things out of Brandon Graham so far this season, but in my opinion, the best player on defense is coming from the defensive backfield, surprisingly, and I will get to that after this ad. So last podcast, I mentioned that my early pick for the Eagles defensive player of the year is Rodney McLeod, really an underrated piece of this Eagles team, especially going into this year because he was coming off the knee injury. A lot of people uh, counted him out just because of the deep safety group, the deep cornerback group. He was really not talked about that much, but he's playing up to all the expectations now um, In the victory against the Jets, he had that huge interception, six total tackles, and a pass deflection. Really a great showing from him. And my key to victory for that game was the safeties play because the cornerback group was so thin. Uh, They were starting Craig James, who wasn't even um, playing more than, you know, he had like one or two snaps against the Packers. So he really stepped into a bigger role, so the safeties needed to step up to make sure that those cornerbacks had the help that they needed and right now he's leading the team in total tackles. He's on track for a career high in tackles. So he's really having a great season, really underrated season. And he's been consistent all season long um, through these five weeks. He's played really well. Not a lot of bad things to say about him. And that's so important with these injuries that are, you know, dwindling this Eagle secondary.
1: Yeah, Rodney uh, McLeod was one of those guys, too, that there was a chance that he wouldn't even be back this year when the Eagles restructured his deal Um his, pretty much his money for this year isn't even guaranteed. So there's always that floating idea that, oh, if he doesn't recover well from the knee injury, he could be gone. And uh, so for him, just going through the injury, having to lay on the field, knowing your season's over, to going through the rehab, through all that stuff, and then just seeing everything go down, um, for him to be on the field, not only just on the field, but making plays, you know, making interceptions. For him, it's got to feel so good to finally be back out there. Finally being one of the best players on the Eagles defense because in 2017, he was a really big part, um, not only in the regular season, but in the Super Bowl run. So he's really one of those guys that they can depend upon. And he honestly might be the best safety on the team right now. And speaking of that, there's only one safety on the roster after this season. So you kind of have to think maybe the Eagles will try bring him back too, just like Jordan Howard. So there's a lot going on. But for Rodney McLeod, he's definitely um, having a great season. I would think, at the very least, he might be somewhat considered for a comeback player of the year coming off that injury
2: yeah, definitely. Uh, he's really shown his ability to lead this team well and and uh, in the past few years obviously as he as this this year he's had twenty nine tackles on the season, like Matt said, he had the interception yesterday and three passes deflected. so he's really stepping up, especially with the depleted cornerback group right now as a few key top guys are out. And uh, yesterday really showed with the absence of a few more uh, cornerbacks. And he's really just a hard-hitting tackler, you know, great leader in the secondary group. He, he does what he needs to, um, made, a, made a few big plays in the Super Bowl just a few years ago, and he, it's really showing this year his, his success especially. And I'm just happy to see him thriving and leading this defense in many stops as they completely dominated the Jets in yesterday's game. And hopefully that's a sign of more things to come.
0: Yeah, Logan mentioned his contract, and that's something that we need to be on the lookout for because going into this year, obviously, um, a lot of fans and myself included, I didn't think that McLeod would be around after this season because he was coming off the injury and um, really was he's been solid with the Eagles so far. But I just thought that, you know, they would take a defensive back in the draft, a safety in particular, and, you know, develop somebody to go into his role and they could be able to let him walk in free agency. But now it's looking like they should keep him around for a couple more years because you're going to have so many um, other holes opening up in this roster because you got to start making sure you're drafting very well with um, a lot of money devoted to Carson Wentz and Fletcher Cox and other players like that. So um, having Rodney McLeod, if they can get him for a bargain, he's going to give you so much uh, potential for this defense, a great leader as well. And we mentioned that with Brandon Graham, Rodney McLeod's the same way. He's a great leader. Um, he, When he got hurt last year, he was always with the team, you know, hyping them up, getting them ready for the games. So having him around, um, having him next to Malcolm Jenkins is so important, but um, he brings that energy. He brings the consistency. And when he's healthy, he's one of the best safeties.
1: Yeah, and Rodney McLeod's only 29 years old too. So it's not like his high level of play is going to be dwindling anytime soon. He's still going to be in his prime for at least a few more years. And um, I think if the Eagles really had plans on just completely resetting the safety uh, group, they would have drafted one with one of their first three picks in the draft last year, because we know how important the safety position is to them. They love using three on the field at times. And um, so I think uh, that kind of shows that they were in a way, hoping that it would work out with Rodney McLeod, that they would be able to bring back his contract. So then he would be able to, be with the team for a few more years so i think um his play right now is at least solidifying some of those hopes and he's definitely making a good case to be here for the long run um they have a lot of picks in next year's draft so who knows what they decide to do but i would think that they'd want a guy that's been here for the last few years that's still playing at a high level depends on the price because like you said matt they have to think about the contracts considering carson wentz but all in all i think there's at least definitely a chance that he could get a new deal and be here for next season
2: yeah, I've always been a fan of Rodney McLeod, and I think if you're Jim Schwartz and this Eagles uh, coaching staff, you really want him uh, to be a leader. And that the secondary group, uh, along with Malcolm Jenkins, two top secondary tandems in the league, you could arguably maybe the best, especially in the NFC. And uh, he's just a true leader in the locker room. I think his uh, success over the course of his career has really um, showed to the other younger guys, and I think they really look up to him as a a big player in the locker room and hopefully we can ink him to a deal moving forward and he can continue to show why he should be on this team and the talent he's had at the uh, safety position
0: yeah and some uh, some discussion that we've had in the past um, that's really never been resolved is this malcolm jenkins contract dispute you know he wants a little bit more money than he's getting paid right now but he's still coming to work every day he's still playing well so um, I would imagine that something's going to be happening soon. He's going to get a restructured deal because he's still voicing his opinions. He's not going to be that kind of player that is going to hold out and hold back his team just because he wants a little bit more money. He's still coming, but he's making it very clear to the Eagles that he wants to get paid for what he's worth. And um, although he's not having an amazing season, he's still very solid this year. He's still playing um ton of snaps. So, I think he's going to get paid uh, sooner rather than later, and that's another thing to factor in if Rodney McLeod is going to come back because if he keeps playing well, I would imagine he's going to want to stay with the Eagles, but if he goes chasing for a big deal, the Eagles just won't be able to afford it.
1: Yeah, and speaking of Malcolm Jenkins, they have more than $20 million in cap space right now for this season, so they're not going to use all of that on a trade. At least I would be shocked if they did. So they definitely could afford to uh, at least restructure Alcoma jenkins contract so i'm not really sure what's holding that up i kind of mentioned uh back over the summer that maybe it was they're worried that they if they played him as much as they did in years past that something would happen to him obviously it hasn't happened yet knock on wood so that's definitely a weird situation but that that, that is something to consider because he's going to want that money um for years to come That's so why he doesn't just want it this year so you're uh, howie roseman has never really committed a ton of money at one position um so that's definitely something to consider because if Malcolm Jenkins is now making $14 million a year, it's going to make it a little more difficult to sign Rod- Rodney McLeod if, say, he wants $8 million a year because I'm not sure how Roseman would pay that price. So that's definitely something that'll, that'll factor in. But, yeah, that, that, that'll that take some resolving, but we'll see.
2: Yeah, that's a great point, and it's something uh, to look out for in the future. Hopefully the Eagles can bring back Malcolm Jenkins and and Rodney McLeod for the future to lead the secondary and um, show their talents and experience to the younger guys in the group and really have a phenomenal rest of the season for 2019.
0: Yeah, definitely a future discussion to have, but for now, they're playing well, so let's just, just hope that this continues and um, they'll solidify that injury-riddle defensive backfield because they really need help back there, and that safety duo is really supplying that. So um, all in all, great things out of this Eagles and Jets game. They won big, and they were expected to do so. So it was good that they lived up to their expectations, but definitely some things to look over and improve on the offense ahead of this big stretch of the next couple of games. So thank you for tuning in. We hope that you guys enjoyed the discussion today. Uh, Make sure you subscribe on your favorite platform and give us a rating and review. We would really appreciate it. And make sure you never miss another Birds banter. Go Birds!
2: Go Birds!